Right. You want to Welcome. introduce us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have so many guests here today. Uh, Trey is our special guest. Yep. Uh, he's, he's returning. Always a returning guest. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's been here a couple times now. Yeah, a few times. Not like I <laughs> not like I live here or anything. No, no, so. no, no. Hmm. Right. We'll just have uh, one episode where you're not in it. <laughs> That's the, the regular man. episode. I'm sure eventually we'll get to the point where I'm not even in an episode. Uh, just, I doubt it. Eventually. Because you've got all the recording stuff. So it's like, I would have but to then, show up if when I'm you're out of town and then you come here and just do whatever <laughs> while I'm out. <laughs> you listen to the episode it's just off the wall. Bro, I already did, I did an episode alone. I, I remember that. Either. You didn't post it, did you? I, I posted you it did... and I took it down yeah. like a day later. I was like, no, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, I'm not good talking alone. Yeah, I don't have control. <laughs> you're going off on tangents. I, yeah, I literally have nothing. To, I like, I can't grasp on anything when I see. Like, that's where you'd need like lined out, structured things that you enjoy talking yeah. about, so you can just be like, okay, that's why you're here. Why did this to provide you're the structure? structure. <laughs> oh no, you didn't tell me that. You're the structure. I'm the loose cannon. See, you get the you get the the specific pinpoint of what we're supposed to talk about and then i aim towards it <laughs> that's like, what happens the cannon over that exactly way. we just <laughs> aim it that way but yeah no technically we haven't missed a week i mean we took the last week off but we had an episode we got an episode up last week so we're fine we're good actually are we yeah actually i don't know i, don't know. I can't remember um Did you post both of the uh oh i didn't do any of that episodes no okay that's not even it's not, not even on the table. It's not on the table yet. Oh, okay. That's, so you're a saving little, that. that's a little down the road. Oh, okay. Okay. So, the last episode we did was with Morgan. That's the episode. That oh, okay. Was. Okay. I, I think we just missed last week. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But we're back. So, it doesn't matter. So, that's right. Yeah, we're back in the studio of death. That's right. There's an extra special couple <laughs> of episodes that are on their way that we've finished recording, but... Eventually. They haven't been posted We'll have to do yet. that again. Yeah, that was really fun. It was just... Oh. I'm not used to moderating things. Last time I moderated something was years ago, so I, I was You're like, "Oh bad. shoot, I bad. forgot." TJ's here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you out him? Well, okay, it was it was everybody. Uh. Start over. We're starting over. <laughs> I'm gonna be hearing about you later. Mm. I'm sorry, TJ. That was, that was not a shot. Uh, yeah, it don't matter. We we probably should have outlined things a little bit better. Yeah. So um. Obviously, that was the first time we did it, so yeah. we I had to start. It, it we had to start somewhere, well. and we definitely figured out stuff for it. So mm. that's that was the goal. We definitely got stuff figured out, but yeah. Um. Yeah, I think we had a solid group for that, and I think it went. It yeah. went better than I was thinking. I, uh, I didn't really have any specific ideas. Everybody but, did well. I think. Yeah. Congratulations to everybody who was there. That's right. People will figure out about this later. But, um, but yeah. Um, what do we talk about? Um, there's not much to talk about anymore. Yeah. I got in a car wreck. Yes, you did. That was fun. I doubt it was. <laughs> that was recent. Yeah, Very that was, recent. That was last week. Um, Shoot. You know when I got in that car wreck, I had to I had to get some of my stuff out of my car. Like mm-hmm. stuff I wanted to keep. My backpack was in there for the backpacking trip. Yeah, yeah. I had to get that. Yeah, yeah. I was about I was, to say, I, like, surely you got I, I everything got you I need. Like, I was like, shoot, I'll lose a lot of money if I Yeah, if you just that left go. that. So but yeah. No. Wow. My Pente game was in there. I could grab that. Grab that. I had my Xbox three sixty in my trunk. Shoot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you showed I, me all that stuff. When I game. moved from my parents' house into this house, I brought my 360. I just never took it out of the trunk because <laughs> I don't use the 360. So Right. So it, just, it was just there. Just sitting there. Yeah. And then there were like a dozen Xbox 360 games. I was like, yeah, none of those are... You can get like 30 cents at GameStop for those games. So they were a bunch of games, but most of them didn't work. But yeah. Mm. No, that's fun. You say it's fun. That's so fun. Not it was, that it was ironic because like the way my car was hit was my my door where I was driving was hit by the car, mm-hmm. or that's where the car ended up. So I couldn't open my door. So I had oh, to roll down the window crawl and then out crawl there. out. Uh, and then when I rolled down, like after I was out, you know, my dad my dad was there or he showed up and they were like, "Oh, you busted the the side of your." door window i was like no i had to roll it down that wasn't the only window that was broken was the front the front one front one yeah i was like no i just had to roll it down 
If that thing busted on me, I probably would have got a, got a few cuts. I assume. I don't know. It, I think it's a safety glass. It might be. But, but I just assumed. It wouldn't yeah. have been good. Yeah. But I was like, no, it didn't break. I just had to roll it down. It was funny because uh, the only bruise I got was on my leg, on my left leg, because it slammed against the wall or the, the door, and it broke the handle of the window. So my, I don't have an oh, automatic wow. window. I had to manually roll it down. That's how my car works, and it broke it off. So yeah, it, there was just like a piece a of like nub. plastic sticking out. So what I did was I stuck my hand in it. And I it just rolled, <laughs> and so I was like, it hurts a little. But I was like, I got to get it out the window. So Yeah. Shoot, man. <laughs> it's not good. No, it's not good. But hey, man, it is what it is. Mm, you'll probably end up with the, the nicest car in the neighborhood now. No, yeah, I won't. Getting something good. <laughs> I'm not going all out. So <laughs> ain't that kind of guy. Yeah, it's probably better, too, especially for our neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to use that car until it died anyways. Right. So it might have been on the horizon. Anyway, my car was already pretty bad. So yeah. it probably had another three or four years, I would say. I mean, I think so. It was but, still running fine. Yeah, it, was, it had a few problems, but it managed. It got me to where I needed to go. That's the goal of a car. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so it's get true. me to point A, point B. It's like you don't need anything fancy. Yeah. Some people need that. They, they really want it. but Yeah. Not us normal folks. Yeah, I don't really have any cars I want. I mean, I like Mustangs, but it's like, yeah. I just need stuff to get me. One day. You can have like One a whole day. fleet of Mustangs, oh, but yeah. that's not today. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it can be if you're willing to go into a million dollars debt. <laughs> Dude, I was looking at it. There was a Mustang, and it was like 30000 Yeah, oh, it's like, so expensive. Yeah. It was a cheaper one, too. It was a, like... It was one of the more recent Mustangs. It was like yellow, bright yellow. I was like, dang, there's a Mustang. I could always oh boy. go for that. but I was like, nah, you don't want to know. I don't want to be moment. paying bills like that. So, you remember there no. was that one guy that went to our high school where his parents got him a Mustang, a brand new Mustang for his first car. Okay. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of money. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure he was a great driver, but that, that was so... It's foreign to me. It's like it's his first car. He's going to crash it at some point. I wonder if he's crashed it yet. I don't know. <laughs> then maybe he has. Maybe, maybe he has. It's going to happen though. Th- that's the danger when you get your kid a car. It's like they don't appreciate it as much. Yeah. As if they get it themselves. So if they spend the money to get a Mustang, it's also he, if he got it, it in high school. It's like a big flex. Oh yeah, like mega time. I, I doubt. He was doing it to show off, but at the same time, you get a muscle car, you're kind of showing off. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. But. God, I, I would love... Well, <laughs> that comes with its own problems, but just like having a family where it's like, okay, son, what kind of car do you want? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I'll pick out that one. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. It's different. I don't know. Yeah. But... I don't want that kind of wealth, though. <laughs> Not like that. If I, if I earn a bunch of money, then Well, you can I have wealth and then also have your children earn what they want in a way it's incredibly hard i know it's been done before because i've seen some incredibly humble rich kids which it's very hard to do to raise your kids in a rich environment and yet also have them come out yeah disciplined very disciplined in the way of money so many of them even bill gates son it can be done it's just i don't think most people do it Mm -hmm. or even try to so yeah I only I knew two specifically where their parents were filthy rich and yet they did not come across Nothing. that way at all. They were oh. very frugal with their money and they respected other people That's regardless. Good. So it was like it was weird. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, you only see that in people that have earned that money, where you know they they understand and appreciate how much time and effort it took to earn it. So they're not just going to go out there and spend it. Yeah. And they still respect everybody because they started out at the bottom. That's how, how it should be. So. I think so. But yeah, you, yeah. you always run that uh, that risk when you have kids. It's just like, yeah, are, they, are they just going to grow up bratty? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a parent. Yeah, me neither. So. I can't comment on that. But <laughs> we can. <laughs> we can comment on what we see, and that's a lot of rich kids. <laughs> on how we would do things. Are bratty. So, I'll never be rich, though. You never know that. No. Turn around tomorrow, win the lottery. <laughs> I don't buy lottery tickets. Oh, well. It's, you know what? Time we'll, to change We'll that. have to go buy a lottery ticket sometime, me and you. Just <laughs> yeah. like one of those really crappy ones, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like a $5 scratch-off. 
anyone like i don't even care like yeah you can get them for like two bucks or whatever yeah they're really really i think the cheapest ones are like a dollar that's that's a hilarious thing was i bought a lottery ticket one time Mm -hmm. and you have to pay with cash and i thought that was the weirdest thing in the world i was like why do i have to specifically pay cash for this lottery it's kind of a protection thing but it's like for you but because if you think about it let's say you got somebody with a gambling problem and they get a credit card, okay. and they just buy you know, $100,000 yeah. worth of scratch-offs. I didn't think about it that way. That. But, but I, part of me thinks that they weren't trying to do that as a protection, but it, it's kind of a neat protection for people like that. I've seen some bad gamblers yeah. that they would, they would absolutely do that. Amen. Yeah. I've never given anybody my credit card. That's good. So, some guy gave me his credit card to go buy him something. But like, oh boy. <laughs> boy. And he gave me his, um, his four-digit code to his card. I was like, I hardly know you. <laughs> like, what is this, <laughs> like, What if I ran away with this? <laughs> you probably could, but... Uh, it's not but I'm not that kind of guy. No. So. But it's not that's bad. a good thing, too. But yeah, there's Ugh. so many people that would absolutely do that. It's like, fresh money. <laughs> fresh money. <laughs> We're going now. Oh. Now I'm deep in the pit anyways <laughs> so i don't know I, I guess i can mention this so like after the car wreck you know i was talking to, I, was, I mentioned it on friday when we were mm-hmm. hanging out but it's like it just it changed my mind yeah on a bunch of stuff That's and it's not like like i didn't hit my head in the wreck mm-hmm. right well i kind of hit my nose but i had my both of my hands on that steering on so steering when wheel. i hit i still yeah. i was i was pushing myself against the seat anyways before i even hit so right, it's like so I really, so my hands already it. took the shock. I just hit my leg, but no, it was like I kind of want to move. That's what you're saying. Yeah, you I mean, it's, it's a few out. years down the road. My goal is I'm thinking at the age of thirty, so I'm 24. Mm-hmm. I'll be 25 here soon, but in about five years, I want to move out of state. Um, Any particular reason? Just wanting to get away from the city, or um, a few reasons. Um, one of the, the the main part of the crash was it's way too populated. Yeah. I can't be around this ma- amount of people. Like it's, I can't do this. Our it's area not my is thing. crazy in terms of traffic. No matter which way drivers. you go, you got Plano, Sachs, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Rowlett, the, so many people. I don't want to be around this. Even in Mesquite, we have a buttload of people. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be here. There's too many people. No, it's not that. my thing. There is something to be said about overpopulation. I, I don't think we're truly overpopulated, but they've crammed a lot of people it's in. Just, it's too much, man. I want to go to a smaller like, town. Yeah. Um, New Mexico, man. they got some yeah, nice saying, country towns. I don't know. I, had a, I already have a few spots I looked at. Um, but another thing was like, you know, I live all, I guess I lived most of my life in Texas, mm-hmm. other than the few years I was out of, out of country. But it's like everything good that has happened to me has been in Texas. But also everything bad that has happened <laughs> yeah, to me has been, in, been Texas. in Texas. Oh, and that. it's like this dark cloud. And it's like, I hate this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nah. I, I want to move to like a small town with like less than 10,000 population. Okay. And I've been looking at a few spots. Um, it's probably more I, economical that way because I'm oh, sure yeah. housing is cheaper and land is cheaper. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been looking at houses and stuff. Like, yeah, it's not bad. But it's like, I would want to take a year off. I, I, what I would want to do is an isolation. Mm-hmm. So like... I would want to, and this is something I've been wanting to do for a few years. Uh, about college is when I came up with the idea that I wanted to be like isolated from people. Um, that but, can be dangerous in some ways, but it well, depends on how you do it. Well, I'm, I'm talking about like I would still be in a, a smaller town, right? right. But I, I want to be disconnected from all internet stuff. Yeah. I don't that's, want a PC. I don't want a TV. Anything I would have is like a radio, mm-hmm. like in my car or maybe one of those old ones in your house. I don't care. But it's like I want to be near nature. I want to be able to read more books there's like I think that's no a good phones goal. I think that's a really good goal and it's like if anybody contacted me from outside there it'd be like you know postal notes or whatever yeah writing letters or, or... yeah at least for the first year I would want to take a year off just from yeah all of that just to get everything settled with myself so I'd probably spring for a home phone just to have you know that lifeline. Yeah, but you you wouldn't be you know this whole cell phone debacle. Yeah, yeah I, I doubt you'd be calling people left. And, and right. I thought about like yeah, a home phone would be nice, which those are not that pop, not that common anymore. Right. But yeah. No, I but, think that's a fine idea because gosh, so many people if you look at them are so unwittingly addicted to all forms of technology whether it's the phone or the tv or whatever it's like i'm not even interested in gaming as much anymore so it's not it wouldn't even be a big hit for me 
personally. Yeah. Just, um, like, just get away from it. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I know, like, it comes with the idea, like, you know, everybody I know is here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Friends, family, like, everybody I know. Where I would go would be somewhere that wouldn't Completely. be close enough yeah. to anybody. I know that's a, a big thing, but it's like, yeah. I don't know. It'd be a long drive for me to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a different topic. But no, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, because I feel like I can't really get much better than where I am now until I leave, which is a weird thought. I I think you can, but it's harder. It's like it's, I have all so these distractions in my face that there's a chance, like, you know, if I moved and I did all that, these distractions would be gone. Mm. But they're not gone. Like, I need my phone for work. Yeah. I have to have my phone. So it's not like I can just get rid of my phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, but it's like, if I moved, I would get a job that I wouldn't need a phone. I would just show get my alarm, work. show up, go, nine to five, whatever it was. I don't care. But it's like, yeah. Mm. But that's I just. what you mean. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not a f- See, it would be awesome if, if a bunch of people like you or whatever moved in the same spot with me or whatever. But I'm like, that's not a thing. thing. So I know that. It would but be like, difficult, but... I've been looking at this one spot in Iowa. And hmm. it's, it's looking really promising. But, yeah. Like I said, that's like five years down the road. Yeah, it's a ways off. See, I, I get everything you're saying about wanting to move completely remotely. Especially from like everything that you know here. Yeah. I would almost suggest moving remotely in Texas because there's a lots of lots of small towns that are peppered yeah, around. Yeah, I know a very, few. Yeah, um, and take that with a grain of salt, of course. But if something drastic were to happen, I'm sure your family would appreciate the ability to get to you quicker. Because the farther away you move, the more stress it puts on them, especially in that transitory period. Because if something did happen, either to them or to you. It's like it would put a strain on you getting back, and yeah. especially if you're trying to do the uh, the minimalistic technology. It's like it, it, you throw in that wrench of it's hard to get a hold of you too. So it, I think you're on the right path too, because that's a, that's an interesting idea, and I think it's well founded. Yeah, you might want to look at that first, and if you can't find anything, or if you're not, I know glad one spot. Do that. Yeah, I know one spot more south of here. It's real small. Because there's, yeah, there's a lot of good te- uh, towns in Texas that are I think would fit the bill. Because my, my biggest thing is Texas is absolutely unique, especially in terms of its people and its laws. Yeah, yeah. You might run into some weird stuff in Iowa or wherever you're yeah, yeah, Tennessee. Um, Tennessee's probably a good one. They've, they've got a lot more conservatism in them than I would have expected. Same with uh, Virginia and Kentucky. But... Politics aside, you still got some odd laws that we're not used to. Especially yeah. Growing up and living in Texas forever, um, so you would still gain the benefit of the laws and the remoteness if you stayed in Texas as big as it is. You go, you know, four or five hours away and still be in Texas. Yeah. You can go live on the beach somewhere. Dude, no. <laughs> I do not. That's a bit. I never want to. Li- I don't like living near the ocean. Okay. I can't do that. But you know, terrifies me. Go live in El Paso. Yeah, El Paso, there you go. That's, I don't know. I don't even know how that is, but. My grandparents maybe. lived in El Paso for a number of years. I'd ask them how it was. But dry. I'm sure it was dry and hot. <laughs> That's miserable. How you but it's like, yeah. The, the, like, I want, like, huge mountains. That would be nice. Like, I was oh, looking at Colorado, cool. I was like, nah. Colorado is pretty expensive. Just from. Yeah. You could A do... single. Like, I'm single, so mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, from that kind of point of view, yeah, I, was, I was like, yeah, I'll skip you that. You could do on the border of Colorado and New Mexico, but be on the New Mexico side, and you get the mountains in the background, and you've got some steep hills. So you could get you a plot. My, uh, one of my scoutmasters growing up, he got a, you know, it was 10, 20 acre tract of land up on that border in New Mexico, built him a little log cabin out there. Mm-hmm. And it's on the slope of this steep hill. So once he cleared the trees, there's I mean, a picturesque mountain in the distance. It rains half an hour every day. It's just very tranquil. Yeah. Um, and the land was cheap. It's like for the however many acres he got, it was like 5000 bucks. 
because it's mostly scrubland. You yeah. have to do a lot of work clearing it, but yeah. that's also fulfilling in it of itself. Gives you something to do too. Yeah, and you see the land transforming under your hand. You can you know spend a lot of time thinking about what you want to do. That would be nice to get uh, land out like far in the country. Yeah, and then build on it. That'd and be, that is far, but that'd be so nice. It, it's also good in the fact that for somebody young, it would be a much better thing. He's a lot older. He's yeah. like in his mid mid to late fifties. Um, so they don't have a lot of services. So like if you got badly injured, they don't have a big hospital, but there is a decent sized town close by. So you can drive in and get your groceries. And, yeah. But it's not right up on you. So you, your closest neighbor is probably a mile down the road, which is, it's nice to have that kind of privacy. Yeah. And, uh, I know my mom was talking about like moving out to, you've heard of Winsboro, right? I think I've heard of that. Taylor has some family in there too. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I, I couldn't do Winsboro. Mm. Winsboro has a weird vibe to it mm. like for, at least for me it, it's like you get in there and it feels depressing ah uh, there's some places like, like that it's like it's country but it's other than when you're in country. town it's yeah. like there's country and it's like but it's like yeah yeah I, I, I also know. crave that sort of remote country vibe because I'm I'm kind of tired of the fast paced hectic nature of oh, a big so city nice. That's why we're looking at Terrell. It's still, it's it's not as countrified as I would have liked. Yeah. But the land's cheap. There you go. At least for us. So we're you all gonna move out there, or is that not what you're permanently? Looking at? We're we're looking at putting a house on it. One as a backup, and two if my grandmother gets ill or something, okay. my mom could live out there yeah, most yeah. of the time. Um, so we're we're thinking about things with it. That's but so it would fun. be nice to have something. If something happened in the city, we just needed a Van Moose, we would have something set up, ready yeah. to go. Take a week off, go out there anyways. Yeah. I mean, take a anything. lifetime off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just, I don't know. Like, most people are disconnected. Well, not most people, but a lot of people are disconnected from, like, nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the problem with being in in the city or in these populated areas. You don't really get to be out in nature which is why I, I like like why I wanted to go backpacking, why I love camping. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice. Yeah, I agree. Just to be out there. So, yeah, there is something to be said about communing with nature, and it's like Pastor Bill was talking about uh, on Friday. It's like there there's something about it when you're mindful of the fact that it's God's creation, and that it it has a facet of it which explains a part of God's nature. And you start looking for what that might be. And you get some, some quasi-revelations about it as you're going through it. You go, wow, the tranquility of this, or the way this grows, or the way this is set up. It's it's just interesting. I can't exactly explain it, but yeah. then again, I haven't experienced it you got to do it for yourself anyways. Out. Right. So, no. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a side note, something I'm looking at in the future. No, I think so, that's a good plan. It's it's going to take a lot of planning, I think. Yeah. Once you've got it, I, I think it's a good goal. I think it might serve you well. Planning. You might get into it, and six months down the line, you're just like, absolutely baddie. Yeah. But once you detox from technology, shoot, it, it should go oh. fairly well. You might enjoy life so much better. Yeah, I was talking, and they were like, oh, you want to take a year off from the internet and stuff, like have no TV. It's like, what would you do? I was like everything yeah especially so much to do if i live in the country or like right there i could drive out and spend all day in the woods or go camping up the, mm-hmm. go hiking up a hill and uh sit up camping. a tent yeah. for the night time reading and do whatever yeah. i want i could read like oh there's there was a lot of stuff people used to do when there wasn't as many distractions well you could learn so much the, more stuff yeah too. skills to have yeah you know people spend time crocheting and and doing carpentry and you know, name any house. little bitty yeah. hobbyist skill. Put in and, a fence. Yeah. Paint a house. And that's what's <laughs> cool about small communities, too, because they're often structured around that. Like, you have the handyman guy, and you've got this other guy that does plumbing. And a lot of times, they'll just all help each other and trade things. That's so. one of the reasons why I want to move to somewhere so small, is, like, everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. You get these real strong bonds, where it's like... There's not in the city. I mean, you you have, might know a handful of people. Yeah, you have strong bonds with certain people here, right? But, but it's, it's like, not everybody. Yeah, it's like you know. I don't know. I'm weird. There's certainly some people that thrive in the city and some people that thrive in the country. I'm partly afraid that our current political administration 
wants to force people out of the country because they can't control them as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a long-term goal for them, but it would be very easy for them to do. All they have to do is come up with some mumbo-jumbo about uh, agricultural not paying their taxes Dude, they much did and that, rack up the taxes if, so much people driven into the city. If they did that, I would probably go somewhere deep country. See, that's, that's the point. They want to force you out of the deep I didn't have a gun end. and just be like, you it's come like, take it. Oh. I'll die trying. <laughs> See, like there's so many people that they, they enjoy that slow-paced, you know, non-distracted yeah. life. Um, but yeah, the government can't control you as well. If you're a mile off the nearest big yeah. road, they, they have no surveillance on you whatsoever. Yeah. And this is not to sound conspiratorial at all, but if they know where everybody is, then yeah, they can crack down on yeah, whatever they behavior they want. No, I agree with that. So, so it just, hopefully that's a long way off. I'm sure it's a, an eventuality, but maybe it'll it'll hold off during our lifetimes or many others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about that too because it's like sounds so selfish. Like yeah, just so long as everything's okay during my life. The, the whole thing about making laws and preventing this stuff is so that our children's and our children's children's lives are protected too. Yeah. But didn't they? Um. Didn't the CZ, CDC, um, completely take off all the mask mandates now? Then I don't know. I haven't been. I was kind of. I heard about that. So. Maybe. Which is ironic. I think for vaccinated people, especially, and when you're outside, they've. Well, the, I thought they. I thought they took it off for. They, they might have. most people. And I was like, that's ironic that they waited. They made a majority of people have vaccinations, which makes sense. It's like, oh, you're vaccinated, you don't need a a mask, but it's like... Makes sense. Herd immunity, that's an actual thing. I was just like, that's weird. Because there was a point where people were getting vaccinated and you still had to wear six masks. Yeah. And I was like, like, then I'm not even going to get vaccinated. (laughs) Why would I do that? So Right, yeah. And I've been waiting for the vaccination this whole time. Like I'm fine with getting it, it's just... They've made it still kind of difficult. I, I'm in a job where I can't go out of my way to go get it because I have yeah. to take off a day of work and then go get it scheduled twice if I'm going to get yeah. both vaccinated. So it's it's not conceivable. It's, it's if I can weird. just walk into a place in the afternoon sometime, I'll do it. But it's not there yet. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Maybe maybe um, Biden will start mailing mailing vaccines vaccines to you. Do it yourself. We mailed out the meth, sir. <laughs> Good, uh, the plan's coming into action. But, no, it's it's interesting. Um, that's about it. I don't know what else. That's me. That's life. We're all dead in the end. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, when we were, when we were, dude, when we were, so, when we were hanging out on Friday, mm-hmm. we had, you know, uh, when we had ribs and we, that 1940, Seventeen movie yep. was pretty good. I like that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, we were talking, and, and Bill was he mentioned a, a verse from Revelations, and I read the whole chapter. Yeah, just like, and, then, <laughs> and then the next day I read another chapter. Today I was reading another chapter. I was like, holy crap, dude! Oh, yeah. Revelation is fascinating. Ooh, it's and it's fun watching uh, like commentaries on it because nobody knows what the heck's going on. He said something. I wanted to bring it up, but I was like, I. Like, I already brought up the thing about, you know, the, the three and one, mm-hmm. about yeah, the, yeah, the, beast, the false trinity, the false prophet and whoever the woman is, the mm-hmm. other, the third entity. Um, but there was one where he, maybe you can explain this. He was talking about, you know, he was talking about Genesis. <laughs> he was talking about the, the fall of man, yeah. right? And how you were cursed with death and pain yeah. and all mumbo jumbo. And he was talking about how the snake was also cursed. Yes. And I was like, what does that mean? Because how is the snake cursed? Well, the, the curse... From Genesis was that he would always crawl on his belly and would eat of the dust of. But that's the already earth. what a snake did, was it not? Uh, we don't know specifically, but the fact that God cursed the snake to do that and sort of suggests I think that he had legs. He had legs. Hmm. Interesting. So that was because I just I assumed think the, the curse snake was, was made like that. I was like, what what curse could it have? Maybe it got venom, but it's like mm-hmm. it's not really a curse since it uses it to protect itself. And I was glad Bill said that because that actually was reinforcing the point I was trying to make on the uh, the big mega episodes that will end up oh, going yeah. up, uh, where he was talking about how there was a good chance animal death and the, the animal kingdom as we now know it was the norm before the fall. 
um, and that the, the result of sin was human death and not necessarily all death, like animal death. And, it's interesting. Uh, and I found the verse I was looking for, so the people that have not <laughs> seen these episodes or heard these uh. episodes won't know what I'm talking about, but I believe it was in Romans 8. Ooh. Um, so for all the people that participated in that, if you want to go look that up, that's just for my own edification. Because I knew, I knew what I was talking about, but it was something I'd read a long time ago. Yeah. And it actually came from a commentary that somebody else was doing. So I was like, ah, I can't remember the verse. No, I, I get it. But it was, it, the Bible, <coughs> excuse me, the Bible is very specifically worded. And when it goes out of its way to say something specific, so it's like it's mentioning one thing and not another, People need to pay attention to that because if you're not paying attention, you'll gloss over it. But if you are, you go, okay, why did they single this out? Um, John Lennox is somebody fascinating to listen to when it comes to that because he's, he's one that believes every word in the Bible is very specifically put. So it's like it means what it means for a reason. Yeah. Um, and his walkthrough of Genesis is fascinating for that reason because Genesis is a highly compressed document about the beginning of the world yeah. and then also the early history of man. And yet it goes out of its way to say things which in a compressed document make absolutely no sense unless they had a very specific purpose. Uh, one of which, at the very beginning, uh, when the Garden of Eden is being described. It's talking about the the, riv- the four rivers. And it, it starts talking about how if you follow the rivers down, you know, over here you've got the land of Ur and you, it, where there's gold and the gold is good. And it's like, why, why would they talk about where the rivers go and then what's also at the end of those rivers and where the, you know, oh, there's good stone over here. Uh, John Lennox's point was, okay, if it's a compressed document where they're, they're only giving you the information you need and yet they've done this, okay, it's for a reason. It's his understanding that that was to talk about the fact that human curiosity was a, a fact of nature before the fall. How we were intended to go out in the, the first commission, yeah, where we're multiplying and we're subduing the earth, but we already had that curiosity of, of like looking and, and exploring and for science, yeah, and the fact that, uh, like the the looks of the trees were important in the garden, how some of the tr- trees were good for food and some were good to look upon, that's talking about humans' innate aesthetic sense, how we we long for beauty in things. It doesn't necessarily have to be useful for function, but it can be useful f- because it's beautiful and it's yeah. something nice to look upon. And when you start looking at things, especially gen- uh, Genesis. In that view of, okay, everything in here is stated for a reason. You just have to suss out what the, why is it being stated like it is. So you start looking at things a little differently. Yeah. And that's that's a good way to look at all of Scripture, too. If you're reading along and everything's the status quo, and it's and then somebody does an aside that just jumps out weirdly, like you got to look at that again and really try and figure out what's being said. And... Um, Something, gosh, who was it? Uh, David Wood, I think, in one of his debates, was making a, a point about how the Gospels, the, the Gospel writers wrote specific accounts, some of which it overlapped, you know, sometimes they'll include the same uh, healings that Jesus did and whatnot, but they're all different. But they're about the same length each. And his point was, at the time, the scrolls could only be so long. And so they had to include very specific things. Uh, or else they'd run out of room, essentially. Yeah. So that's also important, too. Cause, like They have limited space, so whatever is in those scrolls, like that was the most important thing that the gospel writer could have included. Or else it was just dead space. So if you run into one of those weird rabbit holes in one of the Gospels, it's even more significant. So it's like they had to include, they thought they needed to include this for a reason. So it's really important that we figure out what that was. Yeah. No. See, I like doing that. I would like to do that more. Got together and talked about all these different things. Ugh. That's why I think the Bible studies are important. Yeah. And I'm glad you got those started because I'd been missing that myself. 
they're fun. Man. Small group digging into the word, and then everybody just. I'm glad we have Luke because he's probably the the best scholar among us. Yeah, Alex Bean, I think, is is too. Yeah, Alex and well, Joey wasn't there last time, but Joey's good too. Joey is good. Yes, um, he is. Remember, I think Luke. He's going for his master's in something, right? I think so. In like pasture. I'm sure he wants to be a pastor at some point. Or I, I don't know what his in that area is. Yeah. I haven't talked to him about that yet. Yeah, but. so yeah, he's very educated on that kind of stuff. So it's good to have people that know what's up, and yet at the same time they're humble enough to go like, I've read this and I have no clue what's going on. Um, we can assume this and this and this, but you know we don't know. Yeah. And that's why the Bible, studying the Bible is so interesting. And that's kind of a, a blanket statement, but... There's so many like, hyperlinks between the different uh, chapters and the different books of the Bible that you can go your entire life reading it day after day after day and really studying it, not just reading to read. And you'll still pick out things like, he said this, is that a reference to? And then you'll flip back. It's like, absolutely. This was like a little tiny detail that was in the Old Testament that was a callback from the New Testament. And yeah. I think there's a lot of that that is proving the the Spirit's hand in the formation of the Bible as we have it today. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff that's like, well, why, why did they say this? Or why was this done in this way? And then you look, because there's a lot of the things, especially in Christ's life in the New Testament, that is a direct parallel to things that were going on in the Old Testament. Yeah. So they say that the New Testament is... Like, if you have a, a room that's pitch black, that would be the Old Testament. You can walk through it, and you can sort of bump into things and feel, okay, this is the lamp, and this is the couch. But the New Testament is like flicking on the light of the Old Testament. All of a sudden, okay, this is the room that we knew, but everything is laid out. You can get the full picture, and it's very clear. Yeah. Like I, I knew that the lamp was here, but I didn't know what color it was. I didn't know the importance of it. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there is nothing in the New Testament that disproves or discredits the Old Testament. In fact, it goes out of its way in yeah making it yeah just a, a full text, a full story. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Okay, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other night, and there's no doubt in my mind about this. But it's like, do you think there's a yeah an app like an endpoint of knowledge from the Bible? So do you think, even if you, like, let's say you studied the Bible your whole life and you never got all the information out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a point where you can get all the information? Or do you think it has an infinite number or infinite amount of knowledge where there is no end point? Because I think the Bible alone has an infinite knowledge. That's an interesting question. Um, and it's a hard one to answer. I'm with you. I, I agree that I, I believe the Bible to be an infinite document full of God's infinite wisdom. Um, So tentatively I'll say no, there couldn't really be an end. But at the same time, it's a finite document. So it's like it has a beginning and an end. Um, It's filled with God's infinite wisdom, and I believe through the Spirit, that wisdom is continuously revealed. If you are seeking after that wisdom prayerfully, uh, at the same time, like if you were given an infinity and an eternity to get every scrap of wisdom out of the Bible, you might be able to with the Spirit's help. I mean, yeah. I'm not just saying just a, a professor could do yeah, it. Yeah. At the same time, this is something I've always thought about. I'm walking on thin theological ice at the moment. But I have a feeling that well I know all this is true to some extent that the Bible is very very dumbed down from actuality so it's like it only gives us what we can really even process as fact like the fact that you know God the Bible is God's way of revealing who he is but if we're talking about God as the eternal immensely eternally complex being that he is it's like it it has to also be true that there is infinite complexity in who he is 
So it's like he's given us the uh, the Cliff Notes version of who he is in the Bible, and that it is representative of an, an eternal complexity or an infinite complexity that we couldn't even begin to comprehend. Yeah. So it's like maybe, maybe given an eternity, you could suss out everything that is to be gleaned from the Bible. But if you are already in eternity, there's it's unlocked this infinite yeah. complexity that you could never get yeah. around. So it, it's an interesting. That was just question. something I, I thought of the other night. So, so I was like, I, I would have to think about that a lot more to know exactly what I believe. Because yeah, 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 I'm with you on the fact that it, it should have infinite wisdom. So possibly you can't ever exhaust it. Yeah, no, no that's just what I was thinking. So, but um. no, that's good. And I had a question I was going to ask Bill, and I'll still ask him. It's a stupid question, because I think I know the answer to it. But I wanted to pick his brain just to see what he said. I wanted to see if what he would say if I asked him, like, do we keep the knowledge of good and evil after we die? That's an interesting question. I like that idea. And I, I think it's a yes, just from the imagery we get in Revelation with uh, the saints wearing the robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. So the very fact that we're wearing clothing is representative of the... Because, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked, and then they were ashamed of their nakedness, and so God made them clothes after he cursed them. Um, They really cursed themselves. (laughs) But uh, if we're still wearing clothing, we're probably still... and. The other reason why I think it's stupid is because in order to have a full orb picture of why God is so great, we have to understand what he saved us from. Yeah. And so if we lost the knowledge of good and evil, we wouldn't understand anymore. Yeah, that's true. So I think it's a yes, we keep it, but I kind of wanted to see what he would say about yeah, it. Yeah, you have more appreciation for good when you know the evil. Yeah. I think that would be true. So I would, yeah, I would lean towards you on that one, too. Yeah. So but, that's kind of why I didn't ask it. In front of everybody, I'll ask him, and he'll barely be like, <laughs> "No, no, that was." I, I think he'll be fine with it. It was like a full, like, just a lecture of everybody talking about everything. I thought that was awesome. cool. Yeah, that was really cool. And y'all brought up um, what's his name, Jordan Peterson. Oh, <laughs> and we're just talking about Jordan Peterson stuff for like thirty minutes. I like his stuff. Um, there's a lot of theologians which tell people to be wary of Peterson, and for right reason, because he is. He's not a Christian in the true sense. He's been talked to, to a corner to admitting that he, he calls himself a Christian. But, I don't know, he, he is right on that line. And it's been interesting watching him from when he started to where he is now. Because he has been studying the Bible nonstop. And he understands the importance of Christ. And he, he admits... It's like the historical record is complete when it comes to Christ. We know he lived. We know where he lived. We know that the biblical account of Christ is true. And we know that the the story and the account of Christ's death and resurrection was falsifiable at the time, witnessed by over 500 people, his resurrection, and yet it was not falsified, which is the strongest historical evidence we have that something actually occurred. So he understands all of this, and it's puzzling him. It's like... He's an incredibly cerebral person. He's very intelligent, uh, very eloquent in what he does, and very thoughtful. I'm not sure if he just, if there's a barrier somewhere that's preventing him from admitting the the kingship of Christ. I don't know. Maybe. But he's come closer to that as he's gone because he keeps studying it, and it's something stuck in his mind. And it's just like he admits that he knows. The importance of Christ, and that's where his, most of his focus has been. It's like, okay, I got to study this guy because there's no way that he didn't exist. So it's like, if we know he exists and he said all these things, and we know he was raised from the dead, that makes everything he said incredibly trustworthy. Yeah. He, he said he was going to raise from the dead many times. Every, nobody believed him, and then he did it. And then, so you yeah. got to kind of believe everything else he said. Um, and you, you know you can't know what's in a man's heart, but yeah, you just have to be cautious, like weary, 
you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, especially, I mean, he's got some fantastic ideas. He, I think the biggest barrier probably is that he's a clinical psychologist. And so when he reads the Bible, he, he reads it as a history of psychology instead of an actual historical document. And there's some, there's an interesting aspect to it that I think he's touching on. But in not approaching it as a true history, but just as a, a distilling of the psychological awakening of humans. Because he's a firm believer in evolution, right? That, you know, man descended from apes, which is a touchy subject when it comes to theology. But he's trying to combine the Bible with his views on evolution and also his psychological knowledge. And it's fun watching his lectures on that. Oh, yeah. Because he'll take a story in the Bible and he'll, he'll try to distill down like, okay, we get this psychological truth, which is what this story was trying to convey. But it seems like most of his lectures on it, he comes to the understanding that, okay, well, it was just this lesson that was learned and then whoever was writing the Bible was just writing the story as a way of conveying that psychological lesson. Like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't kill people or you shouldn't... He didn't believe, oh, yeah, those people actually existed or they did exactly what was said in this account. So it's... I need to look up more stuff on him because I haven't done a whole lot on his stuff. Yeah, he's very fascinating. And his psychology is sound. It's just it's a shame that he's approaching the Bible. It's uh, the, the difference between exegesis and eisegesis, essentially, where exegesis is looking at the Bible from its its roots essentially so like when it was written at the time you're, you're viewing how this stuff happened whereas eisegesis is taking things you know now and applying them to the bible and how you interpret it it's kind of a poor illustration because that's not exactly what he's doing yeah. but he's taking his knowledge of psychology and he's trying to interpret the bible through that knowledge going well this is how people would represent these truths by telling stories, and so that must be why the Bible was written in this way. Whereas we believe, essentially, that, yeah, the psychological wisdom and everything, those stories, those moral truths were evident, and they were written by God through human authors, by the Spirit, through human authors, to convey these points. So it's like, he's getting at it through a very odd way, and he's he's not acknowledging God's hand in that, essentially. I mean, he just needs more time. I think he does. So, he's got to get that point where it clicks. I think he will get there because he's he's very outspoken on the truths of the Bible, which is strange for somebody in his or his profession. I know he's he's now used to being a uh, a target in the public sector, yeah, uh, just because of all his views on politics, uh, yeah, mandatory gender gender roles, all that stuff. But yeah, no. But the fact that he's so outspoken about the Bible and about Christ gives me hope for him. Because I think he's beginning to realize it's just taking him so long because of his own cerebral capacity. But he, he's good at what he's doing. Yeah. That's fair. But he's, he's a good person to watch. Uh, Linux is a great person to watch. David Wood, uh, Nabil Qureshi. He's He's fun. He's dead now. Um, he was a convert from Islam, uh, where he was about as devout uh, in Islam as you can get. And he ran into David Wood. And he was his friend, and they started talking about Christianity and the religion. And over a number of years, he finally converted to Christianity. And so his testimony is very, very interesting because of that. Because it shows how somebody who was so incredibly devout in another faith can start to go like, okay, all the stuff that they told us was pretty much a lie. And all the stuff that this guy Christ is saying is the absolute truth. And that's a hard conclusion to make, especially for people in Islam. Because yeah. if they choose Christianity, their their family pretty much disowns them completely. Yeah. Um, that's like one of the unforgivable sins kind of things for Islam. There's ways of reckoning it if you come fully back into the Islam faith and do some things, yeah. but he never did, and he died. So, Dude, speaking of that, man, you talk about the unforgivable sin. Mm. I looked into that last uh-huh. week, man. What did you find out? I was reading, or I was looking into it about the, the unforgivable sin in the Bible. Yeah. It gets sense. Um, 
It was about, I don't know who they were. Um, I'm not sure who they were, Pharisees or somebody, but it was when Jesus was on earth and, you know, performing miracles. They watched as he performed miracles. And the first thing he did was he performed a miracle on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. which is Saturday. Yeah, I think for it was the, Saturday the for Jewish them. people. Yeah. Yeah. But, and they said, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. It's like the day of rest. And I was like, well, he's yeah, basically, he yeah. I mean, he's got superpowers. Like, <laughs> he's not taking a break. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I can't remember exactly what he did. Well, I know what he did. I just don't remember the scenario. But he, he basically cast out demons. I don't know if it was possession of a person or if it was like demons that possessed animals. But they watched him as they did it. And he, and the, the demons begged for him not to send them back to hell. Yeah. And the, the, the people watching him, those that group that was watching him, saw it. And they said, oh, he's Satan because he controls the demons. And yeah. that was the unforgivable sin, was, was watching as Jesus performed these good miracles, the good things, and then falsely accused him of being, well, essentially the complete opposite of Satan. Mm-hmm. Which also brings up another point. Which bring I want to talk about when I read about this or when I was looking into it. I wanted to talk about this, mm-hmm. but it's like, do you, do you think so? We can't really do that, right? Uh, assuming that the unforgivable sin is only when Jesus was here and saying that hey, he's Satan, not Jesus. That's that's pretty much what what it's saying. Uh, mm-hmm. There's probably a little more detail to that, but do you think it's it's opposite? So, do you think the un, so like assuming that's true, me and you couldn't do it, right? Because Jesus isn't here performing miracles right. in person, in flesh. Mm-hmm. So it's like we can't perform the unforgivable sin. But does the unforgivable sin also apply to Satan? So when 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 Lucifer, when he comes back mm-hmm. and rules for X amount of time, and he starts to you know look like Jesus, yeah. he'll try to portray Jesus in performing all sorts of things. When if people also say that he's Jesus. Would that be considered an unforgivable sin as well? It's the complete opposite because they called Jesus Satan when he was Jesus. So calling Satan Jesus would that also be considered? That's, that's the other interesting. Half? I was thinking about that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, it because there's technically two. I'm not as familiar with that one as I should be. I'm I'm aware of the other what they called the unforgivable sin that Paul talked about, which is grieving the Holy Spirit. Um. That it's an interesting topic. I think if if it was meant literally, then I think yes, uh, the uh, the reverse could be true. So you think there's a chance that it's not even unforgivable? I'm. It's just called that. Yes, because I believe God can forgive all things. That it wouldn't make sense that there would be a truly unforgivable sin. Hmm. However, I don't know enough about it to say. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I know, mean, there's uh, people take this with a heavy grain of salt because I, yeah. I don't know. That's there's one of those questions more, a lot of people yeah, ask. There's also more studying that could be done into it, anyways. But yeah, because no, it, it's it. a it's a startling thing to see. Okay, unforgivable sin. Like, does it mean that God lacks power to forgive it, or He's not willing to forgive it? it it's it's a deep dive that we could probably spend a lot of time on if yeah. if we were well researched in it. I have heard commentaries of both. I'm currently leaning more towards the there is no true unforgivable sin, but the reason they stated those in that way was because of the severity of what it is. And on the surface, it doesn't seem like it's that severe, but having them stated in such a way takes you your attention, and you have to look at it as what it really is. Yeah. So, I don't know. It has some type of meaning, obviously, it does. even it, if it yeah. doesn't mean what it sounds like and that's where i'm you know coming yeah. back to like they worded things specifically for a reason um yeah. so it could well be that they really are unforgivable for what for one reason or another but i don't know yeah so you know, i'll have to take that at the moment it I'll could be that it. they truly did believe that jesus was satan like you know like truly did yeah but i it don't could know have been. I, I don't know i don't know we'll, yeah. I, i'll look into it and we'll, we can talk about it some other time but i mean yeah, but we'll never know Oh, we won't probably really not until we're in heaven <laughs> and then it won't matter too much yeah that's that's not bad because there's there's other things that uh, you know the deception of Satan in the end times will fool even some of the elect which is an interesting statement because if they're the elect that means that they were chosen by God to be saved in the first place so they're probably still going to get saved so maybe the deception itself is not something that lasts until they die maybe they'll they'll 
realize it at some well, point. Perception is very back. powerful too. Yeah. And no, sure. And if you're coming deceived, from the hands of Satan himself, is yeah. incredibly powerful. But if you're deceived, you don't realize it. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. So they'll probably realize it at some point. And the fact that it goes out of its way to say they're the elect that get fooled, some of the elect, you know. I think that would fall into that category of them believing yep. that Satan was Christ. So that in itself would prove that wouldn't be I think I think if it sin. really is an actual unforgivable sin, then the only way it would be is if you truly did believe that. That Satan is Jesus or that Jesus is Satan. That's the only way that would make it a permanent unforgivable. But I'm not I don't know if it is. So We'll look into that some more. It's, I, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. It's, I'm sure people have studied that their entire lives and still haven't. I was, look, I was also looking up some like YouTube videos and such. And I was like, they, they were just kind of talking about it. It's like they didn't say whether or not. That would be a good question was. for Pastor Bill because he's far more knowledgeable on it. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's awesome. And I'm sure he's encountered that question before. That's, that's one I of the big ones. Oh, yeah. Because people get scared, especially devout Christians, when they run across unforgivable <laughs> sin. It starts throwing stones at the foundation yeah. of what they're, you know, it's like they believe God can forgive anything, and I believe that too. But it throws some doubt onto some things that they took for granted, essentially. And yeah, that's the last thing I'll say on that because I'll talk myself into a corner on things that I'm not. <laughs> nah, you're fine. Uh, like I said. What was that other thing you were uh, going to talk about? You're going to jump me back on that. Yeah. Come on, let's get back. The I'm the structure over here. What did so. I say? I don't know. You didn't say. You said, oh, that reminds me of this other thing. I, was... I don't know what I was saying, man. I was talking about the whole unforgivable thing, right? Mm-hmm. Was right I... when you brought that up, you said, oh, and that reminds me of this other thing I was going to talk about or bring up, and then Shoot. you started going into the unforgivable thing. Shoot. If I could do a replay of that. <laughs> I don't think you actually said what you were going to talk about. You just said like If I could just you. get that key word that I said yeah. or whatever. Shoot. Do you know what I said before it? You said something about the unforgivable sin. <laughs> and then, you know. Uh, well, I already I was already talking about the, if you think of the opposite as in believing Satan is yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think of it. I don't know. You might get it right after the podcast. <laughs> like in the last second. <laughs> oh, man. It's so, it's so cool, though. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't know. It's just stuff I like mm-hmm. getting into. There's some very deep topics in the Bible. When it, it wouldn't be the Bible if it wasn't deep. Yeah. yeah. I guess that goes along with the, like, I always, or I say, you know, to be cautious of what people say, because you never know if you're being deceived. Well, and I think that's, that's why Paul is so praise, uh, praises that one church he visited, because everything he said, they went back home and read the scripture and tested. Yeah. And it's like, that must be a model for us. When we hear somebody preach, especially if it's something that goes against what we believe, think, or what we believe, we need to go to whatever passage that was, and we need to study it ourselves and and like passages, um, just to see if it if it really gels. I've heard sermons from people where it's like, okay, that's that is not what Scripture teaches, and it's concerning and it's disturbing and. That's when you can go back and point out very clearly, like, you missed this, and you, you obviously weren't reading this passage when you were talking about that. Yeah. But that's what we should do, and I think that's why Bible churches, and now uh, the Baptist church we're going to, is an open Bible church, which is they invite you to actually open the Word as they're going through it. Um, because as is commonplace in a lot of places, they'll just preach out of the Bible, and people won't even look at the text. So you can actually catch things in real time if you're reading along with them going okay okay that that's not the context they're using there or you know they they were maybe using this incorrectly or they misspoke on this and they're they're basing their whole sermon off of this mistranslation or you know yeah. whatever it may be uh or a false ideal yeah. so like bill was talking about the, the word for sin does not, not mean missing the, the mark, mark in yeah. terms of archery but that was misinformation that was spread by people that read things like Homer's Iliad and saw, oh, yeah, that word was used when somebody missed with a spear, and therefore it has to mean missing the mark. It was somebody doing their best with limited knowledge, yeah. and it made for a really good sermon, I'm sure. That's a great, great imagery. And it got spread very quickly amongst people, and it's just, that's not what it means. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
But yeah. Give us that. Yeah. Well, we should call it. We probably should. We've, we've bored the people enough. <laughs> talk about Jesus too much, man. <laughs> you can't talk about him enough. Uh, dude, so fun. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I guess we'll uh, see everybody on the next episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you on the next one. You got any last words for us, David? Boing. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you later. Peace. <laughs>